0: Click on the big red button and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm excited to bring you today's featured guest, Jim Palmer. Jim, welcome to the show. How
1: are you, Ken? It's um, quite an interesting uh, show you got because, you know, there's partnerships in every part of our life and, and uh, I'm excited to talk to you.
0: Excellent. Yeah, no, Absolutely. And before we dive into that, Jim, let me just make sure everybody knows a little bit about you. So for anybody listening that maybe isn't familiar with Jim's work, Jim is an in-demand business and marketing coach, and he's the founder of Dream Biz Academy. He's actually authored six incredible books and he's, he's a marketing whiz. He loves to help people grow to the next level and teaches the value of outstanding customer skill skills. (laughs) Um, Before Jim started, his business was 14 years ago and he actually faced a long-term unemployment and cancer at the same time while he was supporting a family of six. Now today Jim runs multiple six-figure businesses and thrives at helping others to do the same. Jim do me a favor let me know if we missed anything in that intro and then give us a glimpse into how you actually got started doing the work you do now.
1: So I wrote my very first. I started uh, in the newsletter business. My first, before I became the dream business coach, I was the newsletter guru, and okay. uh, I wrote my first newsletter, uh, Ken, when I was 21 years old. I was managing a bicycle store, and um, I thought I've heard of newsletters, and I it was simple, eight and a half by 11, front and back, black and white, on a typewriter. I was pre uh, computer. Wow. Nice and. Um, Back when I would like get put pictures down with tape and but have to use white out around the edge and smash it on the glass so there'd be no shadows <laughs> i mean I did, at twenty one you know we don't know too much about um nostalgia, but I sure wish I had that newsletter just to see what it would look like but i, I did newsletters my whole life every business that i i was part of after after that uh, so when i um when I was 41, I was VP of marketing for a uh, local training company and then I lost my job and as you mentioned I was almost a year and a half unemployed and and just for good measure if I didn't have enough stress I was diagnosed with uh, melanoma mm-hmm. and um you know sometimes we get to a point in our life Ken, where we're we're, we're so low that it's truly it's almost clichés but the That's only 20 place 20 you 20. can go is up and uh, with no job prospects and and literally I had my surgery about a week before 9/11 And, um, when that happened, I was, I was on the couch recovering from my surgery and I saw that happen. I just, you know, the, any possibility of jobs was gone. I said, well, you know, I'm just going to start a business. I had no money, heavily in debt, but, um, you know, I grew my first business to uh, multiple six figures, but then realized I really just created a job for myself and I just happened to own the business. And so I decided I, you know, I had retooled myself and once before. So I, I started learning internet marketing and started getting into that and uh, created about five different um, internet companies. And then I started my coaching program. So it's been a fun ride, 15 years now.
0: Wow, that's incredible. And I had no idea you ran a bike shop. I used to manage a bike shop.
1: Did you? Where, what was yours called?
0: Um, well, I actually worked for Performance Bikes. I used to work out in D.C.
1: Nope. In D.C. Wow! So you've probably heard of the company called BikeLine. Oh yeah. So when I worked for ten years for this, uh, what, what at the time was a competitor to BikeLine, um, I, I was actually uh, hired to be a manager of this store that was going to close because it was it was doing about two hundred and fifty, two hundred eighty thousand in sales. We'll fast forward for the sake of our discussion here. About six, uh, little, actually, about five years later, I had the store doing a million dollars, and uh, which, as you know, in the bike business, was pretty high. Yeah. And and that caught the attention of the owner of Bike Line, who hired me to first as a regional manager. And a year later, we started franchising that business. So I spent, I literally spent about 25 years in the bike business altogether. Nice. I remember well when Performance, you know, big catalog uh, mm-hmm. started doing retail, and um, they they sprouted up all over over the place, including, you know, right in Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's so funny. That's amazing how paths cross. I know. So, Jim, I want to ask you something, because one of the things that we found from our guests on the show, and I know for myself, is, you know, we all get off in the weeds sometimes, right? And I'm wondering, what do you use to kind of, as your touchstone, if you will, or maybe it's a guiding principle that keeps you on track or gets you back on track regarding the partnerships in your life?
1: Um, so, well, first of all, you know, I'm a, um, I'm a man of faith. I'm I'm a Christian and I start every day. In fact, I try not to get out of bed without giving thanks for the day because when, you know, when you face cancer and there was about a three week period before my surgery, Ken, when I didn't know if I'd be alive in five years. So you get real clear on what's important and whether you, you wake up and it's snowing or raining or you don't feel well, whatever it is, I think every day is a gift and a blessing. And so, you know, I give thanks for the day. And I, and I'm really clear and focused, not that I was always this way, but I'm very focused, um, on what my goals are and what my priorities are. It's God, my family, which obviously my wife is there. And then, um, uh, my business. And right now my business, my internet companies run on autopilot. I've got a team of 13 people, so I almost don't do anything with those. But so my day, uh, which is about three days a week. I I work with my coaching clients and do interviews like I'm doing with you now. So Mm -hmm. that's my, that I, I know that's what I do. And, um, So I'm just really clear about that. And one of the things that uh, I I teach actually is to know the value of your time and to only spend your time on high revenue generating activity. So when you talk about getting out in the weeds, like so many, especially entrepreneurs, there's like one shiny object after another. (laughs) And it's like, oh, that might be a good idea. Well, that might be. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, early on, probably about uh, eight years ago, I I got into a, a mentoring group and a very successful guy said to me cuz i you know i was like writing books and I'm, every year i'm just trying to come up with different new new companies i just I, I like the creative part of it and he said you know jim if you'd spend half as much time marketing and promoting what you've already built you'd be so much farther ahead instead of trying to do something new every year and that was about the last time that i i created anything very very big mm-hmm. I've just basically continued to grow the various businesses I have, which, you know, is actually the, the faster way to uh, create a higher income.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this, because one of the things our, our guests love, or I'm sorry, our, our listeners love, I'm sure the guests do too, is they love the, the stories that our guests share. And so I'm going to ask you if you would share a story of a time in your life when, well, you kind of tripped up in a partnership and, and tell us that story. You know, what were you doing? What did you trip on, or what tripped you up, and and then what did you learn from that experience that has helped you move forward?
1: Yeah, well, I got a great one for you because back when before I had that clarity from that mentor, um, I was creating a lot of new things. Now, new, no hassle newsletters, which was my first internet business, was doing well. Um, I created no hassle social media. I created concierge print mail demand. So I felt like, man, this everything I try seems to do well. Uh, not that I didn't make mistakes, mind you, but – so a good friend of mine is also an entrepreneur. He's in the printing business and and he said, you know, this thing that you're doing with the newsletters and the templates and things, he said, I bet you that uh, there's another business there because uh, he was familiar. In the printing business, there's uh, what you would call shopping center printers like Sir Speedy or Quick mm-hmm. Printing, places like that. He goes – and, and as as i told you earlier ken you know i had some uh, franchise experience and a lot of times a franchise owner is somebody who who thinks because you're going to pay a little bit more to open up and you're going to get to use somebody else's name and somebody else's proven system air quotes here um you know you're it's going to be a fast way to successful business well they come to learn well you still have to go out and sell and do marketing and stuff mm-hmm. like that but he said so the what we're offering a lot of those uh, local print shops they work with entrepreneurs and small business owners so not only do they need business cards and letterhead but they they could use newsletters but you know it it the reason no hassle newsletters works well is because not every small business has the wherewithal to write and design their own newsletter. So, anyway, long story short, we decided that uh, we're very good friends. We see eye to eye in business and things like that. We decided to start a new business and become 50 50 partners. <laughs> and the one thing we did, and I'll, I'll say this if anybody's thinking of a partnership, m- most of them don't work. For one reason or another, but uh, my friend Bobby and I were so we were we just wanted to preserve our friendship that you know if something went wrong we still wanted to be friends so we ended up spending about two thousand dollars we hired a lawyer to generate some documents some partnership agreements kind of. Uh, we laid out what we, what would each of our responsibilities be if somebody wanted out, how would we value the business? We tried to think of everything that would become a problem if it didn't work out. Well, long story short, about a, almost a year into it, we decided to pull the plug because we each put at that point about 15 grand in it. So we spent about 30 grand marketing and and development and it just wasn't going to work. We knew it wasn't going to work and we were able to go through the whole, um, to the process of dissolving it <clears throat> and um, we're still great friends today uh, so it, there's a good lesson there now let me give you a lesson which I think was part of your original question why didn't it work because we didn't do enough research now we've we totally believed based on my franchise experience and his knowledge of who those people were that this would be a good home run for him and I still think it would have but we didn't count on the fact that a lot of those people gosh, not a good way to say this, are lazy. And they think they can just sit behind the counter and if they're in a strip center, somebody's gonna come in, they're gonna place an order. They might see the table tent that we, we actually made for them. They go, oh, what's that newsletter? I'd like to get that too. Well, they actually had to sell the service. And you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we we actually signed up several people, but then they didn't do anything other than make the service available, but they didn't really sell it. And that was something, I don't know how we could have actually researched that, by way, except maybe going out and talking to a lot of people. But anyway, that, that was my partnership story.
0: Yeah. And you know, you said something there that I think is, is applicable in all types of partnerships, which is the form we all, there's always some form of research. I mean, that's what dating is. Dating is research. Yeah. You know, is there enough here to have a partnership? Does this work? Do we have things in alignment? Do we, do we complement each other? And every type of of partnership there's some level of research that helps inform you know how or if we move forward so you gave a great example of you know hmm. at the time we didn't know that we hadn't done enough research we thought we had it figured out and sometimes we do and that's fine but what we need to recognize is that you can't skip the research part
1: Yeah. And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs, whether it's in a partnership situation or not, Ken, is so many people get so hopped up on their own idea and they charge forth and create this whole program. And so, and then they find out, well, I guess there's not a big enough audience for it. And so as to the degree that you do more research, like 10 X, the number, the amount of research you think you should do, and then you're going to have a better idea if you got a a home run or not. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jim, I, I want to ask you another story around kind of a mess up in partnership. I'm going to call it a dumb moment. So is there time when you were like, oh, my gosh, how did I miss this for so long? I can't believe I've been such a knucklehead. And you had this wake up moment that then ended up being a building block for your future successes.
1: Yep. And. um I actually call this, people are going to think we planned this, but no, I've just got enough stories that I can reel them off the top of my head. But I actually call this one, Ken, one of my most embarrassing moments, but it was very much a duh moment. So I think the year was somewhere around 2009, maybe 2010. Um, You know, I had several businesses going. At that point, I'd written two books, Uh, I had started my coaching program and it was growing you know i think i had 5 people the first year 11 people the next but i wanted to grow really fast um, and so I joined this, uh, mastermind group, which had other very successful coaches in it. Cause I really believe that's the power of masterminding and mentoring and, and getting help from successful people. And, um, and, and the truth of the matter is to, to your listeners. And if, if you happen to read my book, decide you'll, you'll know this. I reveal so many of the things that I wasn't doing. During that time that I should have been doing because I found them uncomfortable. (laughs) I was never comfortable with being a public speaker, you know, and I almost I kind of semi joked that I almost didn't get out of high school because I didn't want to read in front of the class. And am I, mean, I can get in front of hundreds of people now? I lead my own events. So I fixed that, but you know, I, I started writing books, started doing videos. Um, I started doing a podcast, even though I'm not a hundred percent fond of hearing my own voice, uh, and, and doing live doing my own live event, which is a, it's a huge gamble because you're actually putting up a lot of money. Not sure if anybody's going to come and things like that. And so anyway, uh, I remember I was out in California. I live in Pennsylvania and, um, uh, the only saving grace is this this man who was a he ran a multi-million dollar coaching program so I looked up to him like holy smoke this is the the holy grail of coaches right and um, he didn't he didn't do it in front of everybody so that was a good thing but he took me aside on one of the breaks and he said Jim let me ask you something how is it that you want to be as successful and have a, a very profitable coaching program like some of the people in this room yet you don't seem to be willing to do some of the things that they have done and continue to do to build their their businesses. How is it you think you're entitled to that same level of success but not willing to go all in and do the work that's necessary? How does that work? <laughs> now, you you might call that a duh moment. I call it, pardon my French, a bitch slap because he really he really – it was like holding a mirror up and just facing – Yourself at that moment and I I had some words for myself. that I won't repeat on your air But you know basically when I fl- I was flying home Ken, I said never again? Will I be put will I put myself in that? Situation and I did a lot of things I did so many different things to get over some fears limited thinking phobias Worry about money and all this and that and you know Thankfully that turned to be that was a very pivotal moment in my entrepreneurial journey because uh, I, I really started as I say, kick, I kicked all those demons to the curb over a couple years, and I've just grown like a rocket ship ever since.
0: That's fantastic. And, and again, it's, it's just so relevant to any type of partnership, right? Like your partnership was with your future success, right? Like, how do you think you're going to get this if you don't do the groundwork? And like you said, he kind of called you on the mat and said, Help me understand how that's going to work. <laughs> this is,
1: yeah. and this it's, is the it's, process,
0: it's, and you're and going to way, skip half of it. How is that going as to
1: work? A, as a coach, when you ha- have people answer a question, instead of saying, why aren't you doing this, mm-hmm. you make people think about what they're not doing and make them answer it and justify it. Um, and it's a it's a very powerful moment, and you're right. You know, I, I, I like the way you said that. I might have to use that. that you have a partnership with your future <laughs> success, and you're not holding your end of the bargain up. Right. So uh, that's a good way to put that. Yeah. And,
0: you know, again, this can relate to anything with your family, with your, you know, romantic partner, whatever it may be. And the other thing that really stood out for me is your comment about, you know, these were things that you were you were uncomfortable with, but you had to get by them. You had to work your way around and through them in order to get where you wanted to go. There you
1: know, wasn't there wasn't a shortcut right most entrepreneurs can will will one of the reasons you you start your own business is so you don't have to work for the man anymore whatever that looks mm-hmm. like and you you will only be you nobody's going to tell you where to go what to do and so i remember when i I was really enjoying some success with the whole newsletter guru thing and people were starting to ask me, hey, would you come out and speak to my group about newsletters and things like that? And I'm, oh, I really appreciate the invitation, but I'm really swamped. I'm traveling and blah, blah, blah. I I just lied. I flat out lied <laughs> and um, because I didn't want to go speak and and um, but I took care of that and um, turns out I'm pretty good at it. So, you know, they they say that big growth happens when you're it's big growth is usually uh, preceded by a period of uncomfortable and, you know, being unsettled. Um, so if you feel that way, that might be a good sign.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jim, I, I want to change direction a little bit here. And, and what I want to do is ask about something that's going on currently in your life. And what I'd love to know is what, what's a, a, a current partnership in your life that you're really excited about right now?
1: Uh, What I'm most excited about, honestly, is in my personal life, my partner, my life partner, my wife of 36 years and I are going on what we're calling our big adventure. Um, She retired from her uh, career in in early childhood development. She was in there for 15 years, very stressful occupation. And um, so she retired last June. And so that meant we're not tied geographically to to an area anymore because I could do what I do for a living as long as I got an internet and a phone. So Mm -hmm. um, we said, well, what do you want to do? And Tom – or I'm sorry, Ken, we started binge-watching HGTV, like Caribbean lifestyle. Do we want to go (laughs) to (laughs) – I mean that looks fun, but I don't know if I want to live like that far from the kids and both of our parents are still alive. And so anyway, long story short, we settled on what if we were to live on a boat? So – uh, we sold our family home of 28 years we some of the furniture went to our kids but the rest of it is in storage and um, we bought a 50-foot yacht that uh, we're gonna call home in fact we we named the boat floating home um, we even started a blog called our floating because so many people are curious about it how we're gonna sure. do it we're gonna we're gonna document our journey because I know when we when we cast off in uh in uh late um <clears throat> April we're gonna first go up through New York, we'll go by the Statue of Liberty, we're gonna be on our way to New England. So we're gonna we're gonna document the whole thing on the blog, but um you know, so many people we've read so many books of people who become live aboards. That's the term when you live aboard a boat. And you know, a lot of people say their marriages have gotten better. Because uh, you really have no choice. It's not – you don't have an upstairs or a downstairs. You don't have five <laughs> bedrooms to escape to. You're pretty much on the boat, right? You can't so go you gotta take a walk. To get, you gotta, you got to um, get along with each other. you got to solve problems together. Like I can't drive that boat by myself. I mean I can drive it, but when we're getting into the dock, I need mm-hmm. her to like get the lines and stuff and – there's so many things. So, I, we're both really excited. We do have a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's a few things we're like, oh boy, I hope this works. But um, yeah, we're just so excited that. Uh, and I'll tell you this when we decided to do it, this was like uh, back in July. We kind of said, yeah, we're going to do this. And then your mind starts playing the what if game. Well, yeah. what if it doesn't work? What if, it, you know, what if the boat costs like 10 times more than we think in repairs or this or fuel? And. And, you know, what if we run aground? What if we hit somebody? (laughs) You know, all these, you know, because Stephanie and I are, we're just very kind of, both of our parents were conservative and and we we live a life that we've always had the proper insurances. Our mortgage is always paid and we did the right by our kids and we've been very predictable and safe. And the last thing that would be considered a safe investment is a boat, (laughs) let me, (laughs) right? But, and so uh, I remember reading this book. And um, it was about traveling up and down the intercoastal waterway. And the guy said, so many people think about living on a boat, but they don't do it because they play the what-if game, kind of like I just said. And he said, but, yeah, what if you do wake up every day and there's a new challenge and you fix it, repair it, learn how to overcome it, or you learn a new skill? You're really good at reading charts and predicting the weather and all these different skills we're going to have to develop. He says, what if you say yes – And you find out you just have the adventure of a lifetime. And that's one of the things that sold me. And I remember telling Steph that, and then she got an email when we were both, we haven't pulled the trigger yet. We didn't put our house on the market. It was just very much in the planning stage. And then she got an email, one of these daily inspirational emails, Ken, and it was uh, a Hunter, a quote from Hunter S. Thompson and I'll I'll probably get it wrong but I'll get it pretty close it said life is not meant to be lived so you arrive at heaven's door in a well preserved body you're you're meant to skid in all dusted and bruised and say wow what a ride right so the safe thing for us to do now that our kids are all gone would be maybe to downsize to a townhouse and just next thing you know it would be a retirement home you know but this is this is the unsafe thing but we're gonna, we're going to say wow what a ride so that's something we're really excited about
0: Well, yeah, I can imagine. And you know what this reminds me of? And you'll appreciate this having been a a bike shop manager. It's what we always used to tell people when they wanted to buy a tandem bike. Is Mm. this is going to test your relationship? Yeah, (laughs) because you both got to work together all the time.
1: So before we bought a boat with a motor, like ten years ago, we got kayaks
0: because we ah.
1: our, our house was right by a lake, and we thought, well, maybe to save money, we'll get just a tandem kayak. So I remember going to this kayak store, and we we said that, and the guy goes, "Well, I said uh, we're thinking about getting a tandem kayak," and he goes, "Why? You want to get divorced?" <laughs> that was his answer. <laughs> and you know what was funny is, um, we rented a tandem kayak down at the Jersey Shore once, and we're paddling around, had no plan to go anywhere but the person in the back steers that's just the way it goes Mm -hmm. and so my wife goes why are we going this way i said i don't know where do you want to go she goes i don't know okay you want to go the other way i'm not saying i want to go (laughs) all of a sudden we're like we're just like well who's in charge well i don't want to it was just kind of funny and we actually laughed about it it because like man we can't we're gonna have our own cut so we got our we've got two individual kayaks and sometimes she'd go one way i'd go another we'd meet back up and that's the way it
0: is. Yep, exactly. Well, that'll be an amazing adventure. I'm excited for you, and, and congratulations. Thank you. So, Jim, we've arrived at a part of the show. I call it the bring it all home portion of the show, and this is where we're going to step away from the stories, and I'm going to ask you to provide some some very simple guidance for our listeners that they can you know, take away and, and use to improve their partnerships right now. And where I want to start is – I'd love for you to share what's the best partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received.
1: Um, Well, I'm going to have to give two because they just popped in my head. First of all, um, always put yourself in the other person's shoes. um, And then things will look different in the morning, I think, is the other one. Mm. Um, My wife and I just really get along incredibly well but you know when you're married 36 years there's going to be those moments and we're both kind of non-confrontational so if we get in a situation we just kind of don't talk about it we very rarely flare up and scream and things like that but then you know what we wake up the next day and at least for me i'll just speak for myself because she's not here but for me it's like i wake up and i go i 'm so glad I didn't have a big fight because that that was totally stupid you know so <laughs> so uh clarity, hindsight, vision, whatever you want to call it when and maybe you sleep on it two nights or three nights, depending what it is, but it always looks different in the morning. I know there 's that old adage. Um, ken where it says don't go to bed angry i'm not saying we necessarily go to bed angry but we don't feel the need to talk everything out before we go to bed because again sometimes you know it's a bad day and you know why do you have to belabor everything just l- let it pass
0: yeah no that's it, it, so true and you know it's one of those things of you got to pick your battles and in the moment when you're all charged up they all seem big <laughs> they all seem like you gotta do. do it now but when yep. you give it some space, sometimes you're like, ah, that's really nothing. <laughs> we, we don't need to go back and stir that. that. It's no big deal. I can let it go. So exactly. great, great advice. So, Jim, I, I, w- I want to ask you about what you would recommend as a book or a resource for our listeners that's, that's going to help them in their partnerships. What would you say is the best one that you've run into?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. I, I usually read uh, entrepreneurial books and um uh, autobiographies and things like that uh, there's a book um, doggone you're getting me on the spot here I read a book um, it was actually written by somebody who does uh, marriage counseling mm-hmm. but it was it was an interesting book um, doggone I'm going to have to let you down here I'll, I'll think about it in a second maybe it'll pop into my head if you got okay. another question but it was really about uh, I'll, I'll give you the upshot of it and um, I learned from this book and by the way you could read a whole book and if you learn one thing I consider that a home run what I learned from this book was that um there are there are different communication styles turns out I'm a little bit of a chatterbox I like to talk there's other people who like to process and not talk all the time I think some somebody's a flowing river and somebody's a babbling brook they had all these ways to describe it Uh and once we realize that it doesn't mean we're incompatible. It just means at least that part of our life, that part of our personality was different. And so instead of me forcing a conversation, you know, every minute of the day or vice versa, we just realize that maybe that that part of how we communicate is different. So, sorry I can't come up with the name of the book, but at least that's the lesson of it.
0: That's great. No, no, thank you for that. And you know, it's it's so funny because there's, you know, there's so many different frameworks for that type of thing where When we just understand that maybe we don't operate the same way, i.e. we're opposite sex, for example. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to have, and it doesn't matter if it's the same sex. I mean, we're we're still not necessarily going to work in exactly the same way. And communication is a huge one, right? Where somebody's like, oh, I just, you know, they hate silence. And the other person's like, I love silence. It doesn't mean I don't like you or that I'm mad at you and vice versa, just because we're talking doesn't mean I like you. So it's, you have to pay attention to, oh, how does this person work? And again, do the research to see if this is actually a good match for a successful partnership.
1: You know, there's something else, um, because I I have a lot of team members, and I don't necessarily call them partners, but one of the things I think is important is to realize that people bring different skill sets to the table, right? And so it's not gonna be two people who have everything the same, because, those things usually will end up bickering, right? It's like that's one of the reasons most partnerships in business don't work. Um, Ken is because most entrepreneurs are hard drive and type A personalities, and even though you're friends, somebody's going to have to make the decision. Somebody's going to just have to say, "Okay, I get it," and and nobody wants to be that person who has to accept the decision so one of the things I think I have learned probably a little bit late in life is that if I can find people and and that I can hire that support me and they can do it maybe 70 to 80 percent the way I do it that's a good thing mm. you're never going to find people uh who are going to do it exactly like you because if they did exactly like you they'd probably start their own business and and leave you anyway so uh, realize that um Having somebody do it a certain way and, and just support you, that's a good thing. So I look for people that support the things that I don't want to do or the things I'm not good at. And even if they don't do it 100% the way I would do it if I was to do it, I said, you know what, that's freeing me up to do other things, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, Jim, because I think it's such a vital thing for us to recognize is we all bring something to the table. And... We're not, none of us are designed to be able to do everything equally well. There's kind of this myth out there that you have to be fully fully balanced and well-rounded and you know work on all the things you're not naturally good at. Well, why? Because somebody else is naturally good at it. Yeah. Let them do what their expertise is, what they're naturally gifted at, and that frees you up, like you said, to, to do what you're naturally gifted at exactly so it's that's the partnership is recognizing here's what you bring to the table no is it exactly what i do no that we don't need another me (laughs) we've got me i I need somebody who does the other things that either i don't want to do or it's not my my expertise so really great reminder thank you for that you're welcome well jim i want to make sure that the folks listening know how they can contact you and learn more about what you do can you share with us how they would do that
1: Sure. Um my kind of my main website is getjimpalmer.com, www.getjimpalmer.com. dot com. dot dot com. And from there you can link to my, my weekly videos, my podcasts, my different books, courses, programs. There's a ton of information on my blog. I blog regularly. So uh dot com.
0: Perfect. That couldn't be more simple.
1: And, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I love it. Well it could be it could be simpler if it was just jimpalmer.com, well, but that's the next yeah, baseball right. player, right? You're right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Jim, I just want to thank you because your insights and your stories have been incredible. I know the folks listening along with me are going to be you know, learning from this for a long time. Thank you so much for being on today's show.
1: My pleasure, Ken. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome.
0: Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.